All right, everybody, welcome back to the Everything 80s podcast. I am Franco in the morning, and we want to thank Prime 82 Restaurant for powering our podcast, which we do every week for you. You can find it at BigHitsBigFun.com and most of the socials. Uh, be sure to look for me at 100.9 K-Hits FM. Well, you won't see me, luckily, uh, <laughs> but you can hear me there. Also, listen at BigHitsBigFun.com. If you have Alexa, you can say, Alexa, play 100.9 K-Hits FM. And uh, you will find us that way. You could also find me on other socials. I have my TikTok page, at Franco in the Morning, doing the history of music. So I want to thank all the people from uh, from my TikTok community that are coming over and listening to everything 80s. And I want to welcome once again uh, my new, not really a new co-host anymore. I think we're kind of settled in. Sean Morton, uh, uh, big star of comedy. Uh, nice to have you here, Sean. Uh, do I get to eat for free at this Prime 82? Uh, no, nobody eats there for free. Ugh. Okay, fine. <laughs> Nobody does that anymore. I know. They'd yeah, see me walk in, they'd run. <laughs> Especially if it was a buffet. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah, hack. Everything I, you, you never want to admit anything I say is funny. Because nothing ever is. Mm, probably a good thing I promote comedy. Those who don't do, promote. That's true, too. And do that, that well. That's very true. You got to uh, do one or the other. Yeah. Sean is a terrific comedian uh, that I met along the way and has done tons of shows for my, uh, my comedy company. Uh, Franco's comedy for your cause, but we also headlined you on a cruise, and I'm working on getting yes. you, yeah, I'm working on getting you on the Alaska cruise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People are going to want to know what's going on. All the other comics want in on this, but it's like nope, 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 nope. So I, I thought it would be fun. We we're kind of bouncing around on different topics. Last uh, week we did 1985, and let's just do something that is your wheelhouse. So we're going to talk Correct. hair bands. Uh, so yes. I'm going to really turn it over to you. This is this is your wheelhouse and my wife's wheelhouse. Now remember. I was uh, coming. I, I was programming radio during this era, so I know a little bit about how the how the records got on the air and, and who was breaking them and all that. But uh, you really listened to these acts. <laughs> yeah, this was <laughs> this was my uh, this was my genre growing mm-hmm. up. All right, so uh, so one of the things I always want to tell people is that just because they were a rock band in the 1980s does not mean it was a hair metal band. You know no, what I mean? So they, a lot of people got lumped in. No, there's a difference. Uh, there's a huge, huge difference, and uh, that's one of the things I want to talk about on this episode today. So, like, there's uh, there's the obvious '80s metal hair bands. Uh, if you go to say one, that's like the quintessential one. I have to go with Poison. Mm-hmm. I think Poison is uh, uh, the perfect leader of that genre because uh, their music wasn't super deep. It was a lot about partying. It was about the excess. It was about all that. So. In the 80s, you had uh, Look What the Cat Dragged In was their first record, going right into Open Up and Say Ah, two of the biggest 80s hair metal mm-hmm. albums, with uh, Talk Dirty to Me being their probably their biggest hit, which is their first hit and their biggest hit still. And the sexy uh, videos, too. Great videos, great yeah, videos. videos are unbelievable. Um, another band that I felt that was a definite hair metal band, but has kind of changed over the years, is Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people uh, give Bon Jovi a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, crap for... Their, uh, their their songs not being amazing, things like that. Uh, 170 million records sold. People forget this. 170 million records. That is unbelievable. There's no doubt. Worldwide. Mm-hmm. Worldwide. Um, but again, they started off very cheesy with the uh, You Get Love a Bad Name. Uh, in my opinion, the one of the greatest songs ever written is Living on a Prayer. Well, this is where I'm going to disagree with you. Is I, I, I think uh, You Give Love a Bad Name still sounds great on the radio, and we play it, sure. comes out of a jingle. You know, it's just phenomenal. But I never really, I, I don't put them in a hairband category. Uh, Not anymore. You know. 
Not anymore. I think in the eighties, absolutely. And really, kind of I, I didn't think yes. so because to me, Motley Crue is more of the hair band than you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was one of the things that you know I was I was toying back and forth with. Oh. Um, so what I did was a list of the people that I that I personally think were definitely hair metal bands, and okay. then ones that kind of get lumped in, but are clearly not. So I actually had Motley Crue on the hair band list, and then we'll talk later on where they Oh, where you they moved them up. off, you know? Now, I moved it, them it, off. It's funny, the two you mentioned, I just saw uh, at Fenway Park last summer with my wife, Kimberly. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. we, we went to that show where both uh, Poison and, uh, well, of course, Poison, Def Leppard, uh, Motley Crue, Joan Jett. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else was that? Great uh, uh, Somebody else was that. Um, I think there was five. Oh, Def Leppard, they headlined it. Um, I'll tell you right now, you look at Poison on that show versus um, Motley Crue, Poison was on point, man. Brett Michaels was on point. He trained. He did something for this tour because he was fantastic. Motley Crue don't come out anymore. Well, the big thing now, I don't know if you heard yesterday, there's a big uh, lawsuit that happened between Mick Mars and Motley Crue. Uh, Mick Mars flat out said that Nikki Six did not play one single note on that entire tour. That it was he was not even plugged in, right? And that it was a, a whole backing track. And they wound up in return saying, "Hey, guess what? You're not in the band anymore, and we're taking away your CEO status and everything, and uh-huh. we're dropping your royalties from twenty five percent to five percent." Hmm. So, not going to see Mick Mars on tour with Molly Crew anymore. Yeah, I, I know they're still going to go on tour, but. You know. So we got um I got another one that I think is a an underrated band, but they definitely fell into the hair metal category is Warrant. Oh, for sure. Warrant was a huge '80s hair metal band, but um I have this argument with my friend Joe all the time, and it's not really an argument. It's actually we, we agree on this for a change. Uh, Janie Elaine, the singer from Warrant, mm-hmm. one of the most underrated songwriters of that genre. He had some amazing, amazing songs, and I will tell you a quick story. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, the Cherry Pie album came out. I had to do. I was in English class. I had to do a original oratory speech. I had no idea what to write. <laughs> I took the song "Uncle Tom's Cabin" by Warrant, and I just wrote it down as my original oratory. And it started off with, "Just for the record, let's get the story straight." <laughs> Me and Uncle Tom were fishing. It was getting pretty late. I handed it in. I didn't think I was getting. Think was going to happen. Uh, of course, my teacher, Mister Kozik, says uh, a lot of great. A lot of great. Uh, great entries here but uh, there's one that really stood out and i just want to read it to everybody and i'm like oh no oh no and he starts reading he goes sean really set the bar high for this and he starts reading just for the record let's get the story straight and my friend joe turns to me and goes are you kidding me are you and i got an a plus and he got a c so <laughs> and he knew he knew he knew absolutely right yeah uh, so that's good uh, another hair metal band, uh, one of my personal favorites. I still love them. I'm going to see them in September. Skid Row, mm-hmm. uh, which if you don't, if I don't know if you know the story, but the original uh, guitar player Dave Sabo was actually in Bon Jovi originally before uh, Richie Sambora. So really? That's how the connection, yes, that's the connection between the two bands. That's how they got signed because he was still friends with John Bon Jovi. They took him out in their first big tour. Uh, Skid Row was so big between '88 and '91. Uh, they were the headliner, and Pantera was opening up for them. So that shows you how <laughs> big they were. And now Pantera became the biggest heavy metal band probably in the last 30 years. Wow. Uh, Skid Row, amazing band. I Remember You, Youth Gone Wild, Peace of Me, uh, 18 in Life, one of the biggest songs of the late 80s as well. 
uh, a band that I don't really particularly have too much uh, love for, but they were definitely there was White Lion. Uh, they their hair was probably six and a half feet <laughs> off the top of Mike Tramp's head. It was ridiculously high, uh, but they fall and definitely fall into that category as well. Uh, another one is Slaughter. I don't know if you're familiar with them at all. I am. Uh, I mean, only if they had hits. It's, it's not something I listened to, even when I was yeah, programming. Exactly. If they had a hit, we played it. Their biggest hit was called Up All Night, uh, and they had Fly to the Angels, which is another great song. Uh, very uh, common story that's been told about Up All Night is that they wrote the lyrics on the back of a Domino's pizza box. Mm-hmm. So there's all grease stains all over the place, but then there's lyrics to their biggest song on there. And there's, uh, I, I'm not sure if it's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but it's in some museum. I've actually seen it posted. Uh, I think the the quintessential 80s hair metal band, uh, Twisted Sister. How could you not? How could you take them seriously? <laughs> right? How could you take them seriously? But they were amazing musicians. And once they ditched the whole super high pitched neon, uh, horrible makeup, the, the the fringe and all that stuff, you take it away. They wrote really, really good songs. And D Snyder has also become a mainstay in mm-hmm. radio as well for yeah. um, twenty five years as well. He's a uh, he's an interesting character. Also uh, wrote and directed Strangeland. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. No. Uh, it's a uh, it's a horror movie about a, a guy named Captain Howdy, uh, who's like a serial killer. But he wrote, directed it, actually pulled off an amazing uh, premiere party, which I was luckily invited to. Uh, very strange, very, very strange kind of setting because it was kind of like a dark uh, underground borderline uh, uh, S&M kind of thing. It was very, very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winger is another band. Yeah, they had some hits. The category. They had some great hits. I don't know if you know uh, the story about Kip Winger. Kip Winger was also Alice Cooper's bass player. Which is how he huh. got started. Yeah, I'm, I'm, let's look at this. I'm dropping knowledge on you today. This is your is this not this amazing. Is, this is your wheelhouse. This is like when you tell me, "Hey, did you ever hear this band from the '30s? They had this great song," and I'm like, "No, I, I no idea." The '30s. <laughs> uh, I hated this band. I absolutely hated this band. But if you take a look at pictures, uh, you know exactly what decade they were from. Is Striper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a, a bunch of hits, but their big uh, niche was that they were a Christian rock band. And at the time, when you have bands like Wasp, who were, you know, they're calling themselves Wasp, we are Satan's pets. Mm-hmm. You know, they were the complete opposite of of that. And uh, they were kind of like that safe, that safe hair metal that you can bring your girls with. And, you know, there's going to be a good time. It's not going to be a lot of rowdiness and, right. and shenanigans and things. Uh, the last one that I put on that's a definite hair band is Rat. Another I just played that, uh, Rat Song this morning. They 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 really flew under the radar, but they were actually really really good musicians. But what song do you think I just played this morning? Because they only had one radio hit. Oh, they had a more than one radio hit. They did. Uh, oh yeah, uh, you played Round and Round. I'm yeah, sure that's one. Yeah. Uh, Loving You's a Dirty Job, but someone's got to do it. We don't play that's that. Another one. Yeah. Uh, Lay It Down's a great song. We don't play it. Okay, well you probably should. Uh, so that's that's my list of bands that are 100% guaranteed hair metal bands from the 80s. Have some of them changed? Yes. Some All of right. them actually changed. Now. Uh, let me rewind first. I want to rewind. Yes. Uh, isn't a member of Warrant in Trans-Siberian Orchestra? No. Trans-Siberian Orchestra was the band Sabotage, which is another 80s band. I but they thought I really saw the guitar band. player from Warrant when I went to see them. I have to look that up. 
It's possible. It's possible. But um, they were uh, originally a band called Sabotage. All right. And then the other thing. That changed over. How old were you in 1985? Nine. All right. So you were nine. Uh, I'm so surprised that you overlooked uh, Dee Snyder in Congress in in 1985. Do you remember that? I I do remember. I actually, uh, in high school, did uh, a speech. I was in speech and debate, which is uh, kind of ironic considering that I speak for a living now. And my whole speech was about the uh, D. Snyder versus the PMRC. Yep, it was a great, uh, amazing time when you when you look at it. Here's this guy with this ridiculously long blonde hair, horrible makeup, yeah. and pink over over football shoulder pads. You know, and then he, <laughs> you don't and then take that seriously, do you? You can't take that seriously. But then he walks into the courthouse, and then he's articulate articulate <laughs> right he's the most articulate well-spoken person you've ever seen and it kind of like it, it it took the fourth wall down is what it basically did so I, I i was a very very big advocate for uh for him during that period even back then even back then i knew mm-hmm. you had it you had to be able to say what you wanted to say yeah so now you have the list of bands that kind of get lumped in to hair metal which uh i don't believe they ever were uh first one Obviously, my favorite band of all time, Guns N' Roses. I never thought now, they were hair metal. No, I didn't either. I never did. But if you look at their first video for "Welcome to the Jungle," uh, Axel has hair uh, that made him seven foot two, right? And that was not him. And that was not him. So that was kind of MTV and the record company saying, "Hey, let's promote these people like hair metal." But you knew right off the bat they were not. And uh, I think that that's uh, a very, very fair statement to say. Uh, another one. And I don't know if you really know them too much. Is Tesla? Tesla. Oh, they did a remake of the Five Man Electrical Band song from the 1930s. Right. Correct. Signs. Which is actually <laughs> probably said, you such call it the 1930s. Song. It was the 1970s when that song came out. Uh, whatever. I wasn't born. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So that's a great uh, song. Tesla is a great band. Um, they're more of a southern rock band when you think about it. That has a lot of rock influences. Yeah. So I don't ever consider them a hair metal band. Okay. Uh, this is one that I fight all the time with. Uh, Cinderella. Not hair are you band. Familiar? Uh, yeah. Not I, a hair band. I would at all. say they are. No. Not in the least. Well, bit. I'll so go with you what listen, you say. This is your wheelhouse. Yeah, they are a a blues rock band. Again, that just happened to come out at the wrong time. Right. And that's what a lot of these bands had a problem with. They were just uh, either ahead of their time or different, and they got lumped in. So Cinderella, uh, Tom Kiefer, to me, is one of the most just brutal uh, rock singers. His voice to this day, he's in his late 50s, early 60s. His voice has not changed in the least bit. Mm -hmm. He hits those amazing high notes. He's a brilliant blues guitar player. Uh, Now some of the bands that you've talked uh, talked about today. Uh, Def Leppard. Do not consider them a hair metal band. They were out in the 70s. They were just a great British rock band. But again, coming over and coming into that MTV time frame, everybody did their hair a little bigger. They they were a little more flamboyant, a little popular. So could they be considered like, you know, an influence into the hair band genre, you know? Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I think bands like... Uh, that are underrated, like T-Rex and Thin Lizzy. Mm-hmm. I think those are the ones that really started the hair metal. And Twisted Sister, I would say. Oh, too. Mark Bolin, for sure. 80s. Glam rock, Mark Bolin. They, let me tell you, one of those bands that I found very late in life was Thin Lizzy and T-Rex. Mm. And when you go back, man, they were just absolutely brutal. And Mark just, Bolin, he would have been... Uh, he was slated to be like the next big thing. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, bigger than the Beatles in, in England. Uh, and then he died in a horrific car accident. And Ringo, Ringo Starr had a car wreck a few years later in the same area. Yeah. Mm. 
Not yeah. so lucky. And he was, I think, one of the first with the glitter and all that, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So then I got three left. Uh, another one you just mentioned was Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were definitely uh, more of a dress-up band than I would say a glam rock band. I, I And then... That makes a little doesn't make sense. But not a hair band it. is what you're saying. Not a hair band, but they dressed up. They did the whole dressing up part with like the the black under the eyes and the whole you know fake satanic stuff. And they tried to be all edgy and stuff. But you realize they were Nikki just writes a great pop rock song. He's not a he's not this really deep. Uh, oh, I have so many layers and text. No, no, no. It's just a basic rock and roll song. But they had this whole gimmick mm-hmm. and. Uh, I still think that they're a rock band. I don't ever see them as a hair metal band. Uh, White Snake, another one. They made it. Hey, maybe really, really Tommy. Big. Maybe Tommy Lee should have been in White Snake. Well, he does have a snake. That's the point. So you uh, don't get my yeah. jokes. Well, actually, oh, that wasn't I'm not too funny. Bad. Yeah, I, it wasn't too bad. It's just the delivery is horrible. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, White Snake was a they again out in the late 70s early 80s and i don't know if you know this but you should because you're a radio guy um when they put out here i go again which became their mm-hmm. monster monster ballad 87 that was actually re-recorded that came out in 1982 on their first record mm-hmm. and it's completely completely different version of here i go again right it sounds horrible but they and, realize that wow this is like uh this is this song and radio something. radio plays the wrong version of that Oh yeah, they played the, they, the, they do. the new version. Yeah, Kimberly caught that. We were playing the wrong version on this station, and she called me. No, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I told That's the program cool. director, and they never corrected it. So, <laughs> and uh, another band. Uh, some people say their hair, but I, I don't at all. You know, uh, it's Kiss. Kiss, uh, you know, again started out in the seventies. Again, oh my god, yeah, theatrical thing. It's a theatrical event. Uh, watching a Kiss concert. Oh, it's a uh, show. My god, the- yeah. Yeah, they went through a period uh, in the 70s where they went disco for an album. We try not to uh, acknowledge that. Uh, and then the 80s come, and they're still wearing the makeup. Then they realize, okay, uh, this makeup is kind of dumb at this point. It's 1983, mm-hmm. 1984. MTV's coming out. They, they debut on MTV without their makeup. And they put out like two or three hair metal albums. They really were. They were very, very radio-friendly. Um, I'm not sure. Like uh, This is a question I want for you. Were they being played a lot in the early 80s? On regular radio, no, or was it t- no. was it till the makeup stopped and then they started getting played more? They they didn't get played a lot, no, not at all. Mm. You know, I, they I were played a lot in the seventies. Yeah, you know, I kind of think the bath, rock and roll all night. The the hits, yeah. yeah I, I'm starting hits. to think that once they dropped the makeup, uh, they became a rock band at that point. Yeah. And they came and, out just in time. Like again, this is way before your time. It was the 1930s, but like around 1975, uh, when the radio was loaded with, and these weren't bad songs, but Top 40 Radio was sleepy. It was Barry Manilow, John Denver, um, you know, the uh, <laughs> Muskrat Love, <laughs> you know, uh, the Captain and Tennille. and then uh, it was like somebody entertain us, and bang, Kiss came out and entertained us, and that's when people started going to concerts again. It was an event. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I, so many people I've heard on doing my podcast and things like that, that their first concert was Kiss. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's got to be a memorable first concert. Like, if you're going to say, "Hell, what was your first concert?" Toad the Wet Sprocket. No, you're not going to ever <laughs> well, remember. <laughs> well, it depends who you went with and what kind of time you had. It is true. It is very true. I mean, I I can still tell you. I remember my first concert vividly. I was six years old. Um, it was, uh, I think I've told you the story. No, you so haven't. But it had to be something either your uncle or your mother took you to. It was oh, the wait. Stray Cat. 
Oh, okay. Straight Cats were the opener. All right. Okay. Who was the headliner? It was, uh, it was Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, and Willie Nelson. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that being your first concert? It was July 4th, Highwaymen. 1983. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was way before the Highwaymen. I know, actually. but they had to become the Highwaymen. They had Chris Christopherson. And my favorite story about it is uh, about five years ago, I go to a meet and greet to see Willie Nelson. I have a guitar that I have signed by every single person that I've ever met. Wow. It's, it's got it's got dozen signatures on it. Uh, I bring the guitar to Willie, and I go, hey, Willie, here's a picture of me at my first concert, and it's a picture of my fat little face. I'm mm-hmm. six years old. I'm sweating. It's July 4th, 1983. It's 103 And you've been degrees. sweating ever since, so. Right. I haven't stopped. Yeah. So you'd think I'd be 100 pounds with all the water I lose. But anyway. So uh, I show him the picture. I go, hey, Willie, this is uh, my first concert. It's July 4th, 1981 at Giant Stadium. And without blinking an eye, he looks at me and says, no, that was 1983. Wow. And And with all the pot, he still knows. I said, that's exactly what I said. I said, with all the weed you've smoked in your life, you remember that? And he goes, vividly, 81, (laughs) 82. I was in Texas, 83. We came to Jersey. Wow. I was blown away. Did he sign it? Absolutely blown away. Oh, yeah. It's signed. Wow. It's fantastic. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's my uh, that's my take on eighties metal. All right, I, I, left have, a, I left a lot of them out because a lot of them were one hit wonders, and a lot of people don't remember them. How did uh, how did Boston get wrapped up in that when they did the power ballad? I don't think Boston's air. Boston's no, 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 no. I'm not saying, but I mean, people started saying, well, every hair band had a power ballad, and the Boston had to, you well, know, sure, they yeah. had to. I mean, every, I mean, and let's be honest, some, most of these hair metal bands, <clears> the <throat> biggest hits were their power ballads. The power ballads. All right, so I'll drop knowledge on you, unless we've had this conversation or you already knew. Who created the power ballad? It's hard to say. I real, I really don't know. Okay, well, can't say Aerosmith really for Dream On, but nope. I'll tell you next what week. No, uh, and you're gonna you're gonna challenge me. You'll fight me on this. It was Richard Carpenter, and I'll tell yeah, you why. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Good. Yep. Go ahead. Goodbye. Go ahead. To, goodbye to love by the Carpenters was the first ballad to have a fuzz guitar solo in it, which makes it a power ballad. Um, you have your version. I have the truth. That's the version. That's all I'm gonna say about that. All right. Nah, I don't know. All right. Don't I'll drop that. some knowledge. Yeah. No. Uh, they had uh, there's a there's a song by the Carpenters called Goodbye to Love, and in the middle of it there is a, a a guitar solo, and that had never been done before. It was considered to be the first power ballad. I actually and he, and that. hair bands hair bands have said uh, that that is where it evolved it evolved from that. Okay, so, I can I can see that. I actually yeah. have heard that story. I think he yeah. did tell me the story a long time. You know, he is an. Un- I mean, uh, first of all, I'm a, again. I'm from the '30s, so I love the Carpenters. I grew up not being afraid to say I love Led Zeppelin and I love the Carpenters. You know, I had to, I had to fight kids because I like the Carpenters so what. Um, but uh, he is an underrated musical director, arranger, producer, and writer, and uh, and he doesn't get the credit that he should. So I'm just putting it out there. Find out more and- on my TikTok at Franco in the morning. And, and and Karen's voice was just absolutely amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. Just, just uh, a shame what happened to her. It makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, yeah, right. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I thought you were going to say if Mama Cass had shared her ham sandwich, they'd both be alive today. Uh, and that was a rumor, too. That wasn't a sandwich. Uh, but you know what I wanted to say? Because I thought you were being serious about her voice for a second. My I wife, really was, actually. My wife really was, was listening to Heart yesterday. And she mm-hmm. said to me, do you, and you got to remember, Kimberly is much younger than I am, like 100 years. Um, I'm 100 years older. Uh, and she goes, you know how you were talking about Karen Carpenter and Linda Ronstadt are the best female vocalists? I go, "From I'm not saying they're the best ever. 
I'm saying from when I was listening to the radio and I was anybody my age, any guys my age wanted to marry Linda Ronstadt, period. There was no doubt oh, I about still, it. I still do. She's <laughs> absolutely she's oh, beautiful I love her. I and love her voice her. was just uh, just off the charts. Unbelievable. I, mean, I, I have I have a bunch of her vinyl. Big as um, a house. Her voice was big as a house. Yeah, and and with the Eagles, you know, really being their back, her backing band in yeah. the very beginning too, right? Yeah, and her, you know, telling them to go ahead, go ahead and start a band, and then you know the rest of the story. Uh, she she recommended Bernie Ledden. She goes, "Well, there's Bernie Ledden. Uh, he'd be a good guy for you to get, you know." And he was in the that's Flying awesome. Burrito Brothers at the time. I heard uh, them, but that's a whole other story. But Karen Carpenter's voice. Just, you know, when you listen to isolated vocals of Karen Carpenter, it was amazing. So, But anyway, uh, Richard Carpenter, look it up. Or I'll send you my TikTok and make you watch it. I'd rather not. <laughs> the uh, the podcast is powered by Prime82. Again, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, follow Sean. Where can they find you? What's your other podcast? Uh, the Hoosier Band podcast. You can find that on YouTube, Spotify, Apple yep. Podcasts, yeah. every, everywhere you can find them. Okay. And uh, be sure to follow. And, uh, you know, do uh, you have a comedy website? SeanMortonComedy.com. All right. Thanks, Sean. It was a great time. I enjoyed it. Franco out. We're out.